Disclaimer. The views expressed by those covered in the Missed and Missing podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the podcast host or the podcast. The coverage of this case and parties involved are from opinion and speculation only. This is an ongoing investigation where no parties have been found guilty by law. The following episode contains adult material such as violence, harsh language, and emotional distress. Viewer discretion is advised. Attacked her, ma'am. It wasn't no physical altercation. They attacked her, ma'am. I mean, it seemed like from my daughter was asleep, ma'am. You know, um, for all of them to be in that room, and then you know they come in there like I don't know, she woke up or whatever. The way it seemed like they attacked her, ma'am, and she naked, ma'am. You know, for a father to see that video, ma'am. That my daughter's not a fighter, ma'am. She's not a fighter, not at all. Good luck. Can you at least fight back? No. For them to do what they did, ma'am, it just seemed like it was a plot because they couldn't have did that over here, ma'am. They couldn't have did over. Here. They couldn't have did that over here. They they just robbed. It just put a hole in my heart, ma'am. That was my only child. I just don't know. Y'all just don't know what this that done to me. Just don't know, ma'am. You just you just don't know. You know, I thought she'd be burying me. Not me burying her. This is The Missed and Missing. I'm your host, Anonymous. Like many of us, I'm a true crime nut, at least in recent days. Since I was a little girl, I remember sitting with my grandma as she flicked on cold cases at night, wondering to myself why the episodes were so intriguing. I mean, murder is disturbing, right? Why keep coming back to indulge? Well, I think when I had my father found at 2am left for dead by someone in the parking lot at a fast food restaurant, I was locked into true crime for life. That's a different story though. Today I'll be talking about the story of Shanquilla Robinson and what's known so far. If you simply look up Shanquilla Robinson on Google, you'll see the killing of Shanquilla Robinson. They describe her like this. Shanquilla Bernada Robinson was an American businesswoman, founder of a woman's fashion clothing line, hairstylist, and social media personality from North Carolina, United States, who was killed as a tourist while on vacation in Mexico. She was born January 9, 1997, and she died October 29, 2022. Yes, that was literally two months ago. She died in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Now, I actually found out about her case through thinking about going on a vacation after my engagement, a honeymoon vacation. A lot of people go to Hawaii or Cabo. It's supposed to be fun. But Shanquilla was found dead one day after she arrived with her so-called friends. Now, no one has been found guilty of anything, but I think I feel comfortable saying that Shanquilla had some shitty friends, at least. Before we get too ahead of ourselves on what happened to Shanquilla Robinson in Cabo, let me paint a picture for you on who she was. Shanquilla Robinson had attended a university and graduated. 
She had attended Winston-Salem State University. She was going to turn 26 on January 9th, 2023, which is just a few weeks from when I'm recording this. If you look at her Instagram, she was a kid's hair braider called The Exquisite Kids, and she had a woman's boutique business, the boutique.exquisite on Instagram. She was also a model. She was gorgeous, over 100,000 followers on Instagram. In Gen Z terms, she was really that girl. She had a bright future ahead of her, and I think everyone could see that. Well, she always said she wanted to have a, a successful business. Yeah. You know, that's all she pretty much talked about. And she could do anything, yeah. anything that she said a man to do. She was loving, loved people, loved traveling. And, uh, you know, she just had a heart of gold. And, uh, and I know that there's nothing that she could have done to anyone to make him do her like that. Shanquilla Robinson was definitely a traveler. She had been to Jamaica, Vegas, Tennessee, Miami, and now Cabo. She definitely would have wanted to go outside the country with people she thought were her friends and that she could trust. And I don't know, it makes me wonder if people knew that as well. And with that information, she became a dead man walking. Now let's talk a little bit about Cabo. Shanquilla Robinson did not go alone. She went with six individuals who she thought were her friends. Now, this is public knowledge who did go with Shanquilla to Cabo. Their names are Khalil Cook, Nazir Wiggins, Malik Dyer, Winter Donovan, Dejanae Jackson, and Elise Hyatt. Three men and three women, not including Shanquilla. I'm going to point out that these individuals have not been proven guilty of anything as of now. However, there has been video evidence involving one particular person and Shanquilla Robinson the day that she died. That's about it, so far at least. And I'm not sure what Shanquilla's relationship with these individuals were before she died. The mother, Salamandra Robinson refers to them as her acquaintances. It seems that Khalil, out of those six, was close to Shanquilla. Um, Khalil Cook used to come to our house and go on family trips with us. He's supposed to have been her best friend. I haven't heard from him since the autopsy came back. And that's, about, that's been about two weeks ago or three weeks ago when the autopsy first came back. And I haven't heard from him since. Khalil had actually gone on vacations with Shanquilla and her family. Just last year, he had actually gone to Las Vegas with her. And he was still in communication with Shanquilla's family before the autopsy came back. He cried with them, trying to explain how she died, which multiple people have said different stories, but it centers around alcohol poisoning. Since the autopsy came out, he has gone silent. And to be honest, every one of those people on that trip failed protecting Shanquilla anyway, no matter how you spin it. On October 28, 2022, Shanquilla and her six acquaintances had made it to Cabo. They were going to be staying in a luxury villa. It's called Linda 32 
at the Isle Blue Luxury Villa Company. They had just recently put it back up as a vacation rental. The nightly rate is $1,495. There's five bedrooms, five and a half bathrooms, and it can fit up to 12 guests. It's beautiful, open space right near the beach. There's a jacuzzi, swimming pool, formal dining room, office space, wine cellar, home theater, fitness room. If you look at it online, you can see it's a really beautiful spot to have a vacation. She called me and I said, well, okay, enjoy yourself. And um, I'll call you by the time I think you've gotten there. That Friday evening, she seemed very excited about the trip, you know. And um, she said she was eating, getting ready to eat some tacos. They had a chef there. And I said, okay, love you. I will talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy yourself. And I never spoke with my child again. Before we progress, I do want to point out that the first day of the six and Shanquilla going to Cabo and the day after, which is where ultimately Shanquilla died, are the most confusing days in terms of timeline. You know, the six were covering up some of the truth. So what we may know as to what happened based on their words and testimony, it may not make sense. It might be confusing. So just wanting to point that out. Nazir Wiggins is one of the six that ultimately was in Cabo. However, Nazir is the only one that is currently claiming he came later and that he wasn't with the five others and Chanquilla. He claims that he was late. I don't know what late means. I believe he's referencing the day that Chanquilla died is when he came, which really doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's really confusing. However, he is claiming that he wasn't there during that time from what I've heard. And he also went on Instagram Live just to express his side. Um, but when I got there, it took us an hour. My taxi driver, it took us an hour to get to the villa because there was traffic. I don't know why. So I got to the villa around 326. I didn't sign that guest list. I didn't sign it, and the only reason why my name was on there is because you had to have your name on the list to get past the gate. If your name wasn't on the list, they would not let you up to your villa. So they signed my name, they printed my name, and signed my name, which is not my signature or my print. That's the only reason why I'm on that list. That's the reason why I don't have a phone number there. That's the reason why it's not my fucking shit on there. That's the reason why I'm the last one on there. It don't make no sense for me to keep my page public, and, and I did something. It don't make no sense for me to keep trying to live my life and move past this and I did something. Nothing is eating me alive. I don't know. I didn't know. Nothing is killing me. Nothing is hurting me and breaking my, my heart. Goddamn that I had to goddamn go hide. Because I didn't do anything. I'm fucking, I walked into something stupid. And I'm, I'm gonna clear my name one time. If you feel clear or it's not, that's on you. Stop commenting on my family shit, missing my mama and all that, bro. Y'all are weird. Because the same way I could find my info, I could find y'all. But y'all hiding behind big pages and stuff. Like, come on, bro. Everybody's stuff on the internet. Bro. Y'all got to stop. Y'all got to be smart. Everybody got families. Everybody got families. This shit way deeper than what y'all think it is, bro. It's really way deeper than what y'all think it is. I'm just, I'm just going to leave it at that, bro. I don't know. I don't know if y'all thought me getting on Instagram and crying was to help me. I was genuinely heartbroken that I went into a house to see a friend that I knew for nine years, 
unresponsive on vacation 2,000 miles away in another country. It makes no sense. It makes no sense for me to come late to put myself in this predicament, in this predicament. It makes no sense. Going out of town to be a possibly accessory or anything, that makes no sense. I'm going home. I'm a smart nigga. I have a degree. That's not Nazir. That's not him. He wouldn't do that. He would have stopped that. He would have stopped that. He would have told him, y'all better come on now. Get y'all fucking act together. And that's the reason why they, I probably didn't know. Because they knew I was on everybody's ass in there. From this, that, 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 and that. Everybody there was feeling it. I don't care, bro. I just don't care. You don't do that on vacation. No, no. If either party. Whatever happened from alcohol, from drinking too much. You enjoy yourself, bro. You be responsible. I, I that was my first time out the country. I'm going. I spent money on a passport. I spent money on clothes and all that to put myself in a murder. I'm going to turn. I celebrate my life with a murder. I just turned another age. I'm happy. I'm still here. Nazir's mother has also spoken out for her son. She alleges that the FBI has cleared Nazir regarding suspects and his involvement with Shanquilla. However, I haven't heard anything or read anything from the FBI regarding that. I also don't know if they would really proclaim that once they decided if that was the case. I do find his perspective really interesting. I notice that he refers to Shanquilla's death as murder, and I wonder if that's something he decided on his own with information that was public, or if he knows more. He also said that they didn't tell him what was going on or what had happened, and if he did, he would have whooped them all, according to his words. I also haven't been able to determine and confirm any departure times and arrival times for Nazir. I think that would be the easiest way to get a better perspective on when he actually arrived to Cabo, and maybe a better perspective on the timeline of Shanquilla's death. This is where Cabo and the events that took place start to get a little blurry. Luckily, there was a good amount of video posted on Shanquilla's Instagram stories that people can reference. In particular, there is one video that rubbed people the wrong way, in hindsight. And honestly, I agree. In this video, it shows Shanquilla seemingly want to go skinny dipping, and it seems that her friends had agreed to do so as well. In the video, Shanquilla is looking around the villa for her friends. She's asking them where they are, and it seems as if no one is actually caring to respond or isn't listening. She eventually finds them all huddled in a room together, separate from her, and the body language is just really off. It's like she walked into something she wasn't supposed to. In my opinion, it looked like they were shit-talking her, and she walked in when they were. Everyone was still fully clothed and seemingly not ready to go skinny dipping. I also want to mention that it shows that day Shanquilla posted a video of her skinny dipping and the caption had to do with her going skinny dipping alone. I don't know if that was posted after that video. I haven't found the timeline of that, but it seems interesting considering there is a video of her looking for her friends who aren't seemingly ready to go skinny dipping anymore. For reference, here's the audio of the clip. 
It's my friends to me, cause y'all, it don't take that long to get naked. It don't take that long to get naked, hoes. Where y'all at? She told me I'm gonna keep it hot. You gonna keep it hot? What? They what the old said they croup. There's another video that has left a lot of people unnerved. The video is posted on Shanquilla's Instagram stories being recorded by Khalil Cook. It shows Shanquilla sleeping in a hammock and she's not aware she's being recorded by Khalil, which is supposed to be her best friend. He's recording her and he says, we have our first dead body. In hindsight, this is very disturbing considering Shanquilla was dead not even 24 hours later. The next day, which was Saturday, October 29th, 2022, Shanquilla Robinson's mom, Salamandra Robinson, received a phone call from Khalil Cook. And I must say, the timeline of these calls get a little confusing. Shanquilla's mom, Salamandra, says she received a call in the evening. Khalil said Shanquilla wasn't feeling well and that she had thrown up. Khalil was saying to Salamandra that Shanquilla had alcohol poisoning. And um, I said, well, what's wrong with it? And he said, alcohol poisoning. I didn't know what alcohol poison was, you know. But um, he said, um, the doctor is on the way. And I said, well, how you know alcohol poison if the doctor haven't arrived yet? After the first call from Khalil talking about alcohol poisoning, Salamandra felt a little bit calm and trusted what he was telling her. However, Khalil called again, saying that medics had arrived. It was on the second phone call that Salamandra said she was put on hold for some reason. During the second phone call, Salamandra asked why they couldn't bring Shanquilla to the hospital, to which Khalil said you needed $5,000. In my opinion, I have no idea where Khalil got this $5,000 quota from. Mexican healthcare is known to be much cheaper than American healthcare, and all the quotas I've seen online show healthcare costs in Mexico less than $4,000. I also would like to add that Shanquilla was insured, and so Shanquilla was not taken to a hospital, which is shocking to say the least. And let me tell you, it gets worse. According to the police report, the doctor that treated Shanquilla at the villa is Dr. Carolina Beatriz Ornelas Gutierrez, and Dr. Gutierrez had recommended Shanquilla be taken to the hospital, at which point she was unsuccessful to provide adequate medical care for Shanquilla and what she needed. However, the other six said that she needed to be treated in the villa. Which, I'm just gonna give my opinion here, this is like bullshit. I don't understand why friends would not bring their friend to a hospital if a doctor is telling them to. I don't care if you're in Mexico, if you're in a different country, what is the deal? 
they are supposedly on a luxury vacation where the nightly rate is a thousand four hundred and something dollars a night. Five thousand dollars can be split between individuals and regardless, I feel as though they could have figured out the financials as time went on. They were in communication with Shanquilla's family. I mean, I just feel like this could have been handled in a much more reasonable way, and I find it very, very strange that they did not take Shanquilla's health seriously. However, time tells. It was either in the second or third call that Salamandra is contacted by Kilil regarding Shanquilla, which unfortunately was bad news. They said that she was um, responsible and the ambulance was trying to resuscitate her. He said he was sorry that Shanquilla had passed. He wasn't even emotionally upset or nothing about, about it. And um, I say, well, um, you know, it was nothing I could do. It's just my heart just crumbled, you know, because I couldn't even get to my child. She's 2,000 miles away. Rest in peace to this beautiful girl and my heart goes out to the Robinson family. After Shanquilla was pronounced dead, Khalil and the others literally left Mexico. They went very quickly. Khalil had brought back Shanquilla's luggage to her family and was speaking to the family members, just reiterating that she had died from alcohol poisoning. The family of Shanquilla was just waiting for the autopsy so they could get a better picture on what happened to Shanquilla. However, this is when some major changes start to occur and the story of what happened to Shanquilla. Salamandra had started to hear stories from the people at Cabo with Shanquilla that were not adding up. People were saying that Shanquilla was found in the bath by a maid and other people said she was found in her bed. And so, Salamandra started to feel like something was wrong. And then, Salamandra got a call. I got a call from somebody, I didn't even know who it was. And they said that they was over there fighting that girl. And that's the way they left it, just like that, and, t and hung up. Said they was over there fighting, I don't know why they keep talking about alcohol poison. After the mysterious phone call, some of Shanquilla's family members wanted to confront individuals that went to Cabo. Quilla Long, Shanquilla's sister, was able to speak to Dejanae Jackson and Winter Donovan. She recalls that conversation. Pretty much asking them what happened on the trip, telling them, asking them pretty much what we heard. Um, they sat here and said there wasn't any type of fight, no hands was thrown, you know how the young kids talk. We all had them in one room talking to them. Of course, if we knew then what we know now, they probably, they wouldn't have left my house because it was nothing but family here. All here with a brook loose. After that meeting, Shanquilla's family has not heard from Winter Donovan and Dejanae Jackson since. The only person that was still hanging around was Khalil Cook. I would also like to mention that two weeks after Shanquilla's death, the family was able to retrieve her body and it was November 10th, 2022, that the family received the official autopsy from the Mexican Secretariat of Health. I'm going to read to you this death certificate or autopsy and there's going to be things in it that is shocking and it shocked the whole family of Shanquilla, but it all makes sense after Shanquilla's mother got that phone call. 
Shanquilla's cause of death states that it was severe spinal cord injury and atlas luxation. Atlas luxation is dislocation of the atlas bone. The atlas bone is the first bone in your spine that connects and supports your skull. It's essentially a neck bone. Luxation means that the bone moved, broke, or dislocated. Essentially, something happened to her neck. And severe spinal cord injury is damage to part of her spinal cord um, and nerves. Severe means it was bad, and it was how she died. The approximate time between injury and death is listed as 15 minutes on the death certificate. Her time of death is 15. It shows the time 15, which would translate to 3 p.m. Um, wow. There is a box that says, was it accidental or a violent death? And the box is just checked as yes. The type of death is listed actually as unknown. I'm not sure if that is where it would be homicide, accident, undetermined. I feel like that's kind of like undetermined. The autopsy says Shanquilla was found unconscious in the living room, which would be the villa living room. It also brings up intoxication and if under the influence to specify the drugs. It doesn't show any drugs. It doesn't show that Shanquilla was under the influence or intoxicated, at least in this autopsy. This autopsy was certified November 4th, 2022. Additionally, do you remember when I said the family was able to get Shanquilla's body back? Well, on November 19th, they had a funeral and Shanquilla's father recounts how she looked when her casket was opened. I sit there in that funeral home and them doors open and she was in that box, you know, and I looked at her and so I saw a knot on her head, it seemed like her eye was swollen, it had a cut on the lip, you know, I didn't know it wasn't no alcohol poison, and so the lady finally called me and gave me the information, but now your daughter, I said, what she died of? She said, your daughter died of a um, broken neck and a um, broken spinal cord, and I said, well, they say alcohol poison, she said, no, no, Mr. Robson, it wasn't no alcohol poison in her system. Then all of a sudden, that video came out. It was in November when a video was released showing Shanquilla being physically attacked. I want to reiterate that this was an attack. This was not a fight. It shows Shanquilla naked and surrounded by those she was with in Cabo. And they're recording her. They're recording her getting battered by who they think is Dejanae Jackson, the one who said nothing happened. I'm uncomfortable with playing the full audio of the video. It's about 20 seconds long. I, I played a little bit of it um, in this podcast in the intro. You can hear Shanquilla saying no when Khalil, yes, Khalil is asking her if she can fight. I don't know what kind of fucked up person you have to be to watch your best friend being beaten naked and not fighting back to not do something. And I'm sorry, I get worked up about this, but it's just incredibly disturbing. This video is available on the internet to watch. Um, please be considerate of the family and that video. It is their loved one. It's 
not just a video. It's the last video of Shanquilla, at least that we have seen now. So please be considerate. I will say, watching this video, it makes you wonder, where is the second part? I mean, it, it really is a very strange way to end in this attack. It doesn't seem like that would be it. I almost wonder if there's a second part. And I say this because in the video, you see Dejeuner Jackson still very much worked up and in attack mode towards Shanquilla. She's telling her to get up and it doesn't seem like the attack is over by any means. I have heard rumors that there is a second part of this video that has been seen by the family but not yet released. I honestly, I've heard mixed things about that. I haven't seen a family member say, yes, there's a second part to this video, but I have seen the father, Shanquilla's father, talk a little bit about her being body slammed. You no, know, I heard the same thing you heard in the video idea. That, um, you know, she picked up by the neck and slammed on the ground, and once they slammed her, she didn't get back up. She did not get back up. So I guess that, that slam back there must have broke her dick and a spinal cord. This part of the attack would have been through actually Winter Donovan. However, this video has not been released to the public. Um, I cannot confirm if it exists. I can't confirm if the police have it. I really have no idea. However, there's a lot of talk about this, and I've heard allegedly this talk has come from the family of Dejeuner. There is also alleged audio clips from Winter Donovan speaking on this first video. Not a second video, but the first video where Dejeuner is physically assaulting Shanquilla. Because, alright, so yes, she did have a fight that y'all will see and that's going, that's going viral. They were fighting because Quilla did some crazy shit while she was drunk. So she basically told her to let's fight. I don't want to drag you out of the bed. Um, Quilla didn't want to, and that's how that happened. Unfortunately, she did die because of trying to cover it up with a broken spine and whatever else they're saying you all like y'all um i was not fighting in the video so the person that was fighting in the video is not up here and she can only speak for herself so until she gets up here she can speak on her behalf Again, this is allegedly Winter Donovan speaking. I haven't been able to confirm that it is her. However, if it is, I wanted to put it in because it's important. With all this information, I want to bring up some things I noticed after learning all about these different situations with Shanquilla. So the video of Shanquilla where she's being physically assaulted, you can see that she is in the villa bedroom. It might have been her bedroom, I'm not sure. If you look at the villa's website and take a look at the photos from the bedroom's living room, you will see that it is in a bedroom because the tile on the floor matches the picture and the video. However, the autopsy says that Shanquilla was found in the living room. Now, unless the fight moved to the living room, it makes you wonder. How did she get to the living room? 
if she was attacked in the bedroom. Another thing, and this is recent news. Because it's so recent, I'm not sure if it is concrete. However, I may have found potential testimony that backs it up. Recently, throughout my investigation of Shanquilla and looking at all this information, new information has been arising, and one that's really interesting is potential photo leaks of the day Shanquilla died. This pertains to when Shanquilla was being given medical attention and the group at Cabo had allowed medics into the villa. This is according to the police report. In the instance of medics trying to treat Shanquilla, there have been potential photo leaks of her with paramedics around her. And what we have noticed is that Shanquilla is clothed. She is not naked, as seen in the video of her physical assault. If these are pictures of Shanquilla, this spurs up the question, how did she get clothes on her? I don't know if she would have put clothes on herself if she was beaten so badly. I just don't see how that's possible. However, I didn't know if I was going to include this into this episode until I heard testimony from Shanquilla's father. She was in her, you know, she was in her pajamas, uh, flammable pajamas, pants, and a, and a shirt. So I don't know if they put that on her or who put that on her, you know, but I don't just see how can y'all sleep. Shanquilla's father made this comment about what he saw on Shanquilla and what he saw Shanquilla looked like after she came back to the United States in a funeral home. To me, if Shanquilla is now wearing clothes and is now found in the living room, it just looks very strange. Nazir Wiggins has spoken more in depth as well about his experience on what was going on in the villa when he came to Cabo, what was going on during the medic's visit. He says that he was rubbing Shanquilla's head and playing her soothing music. However, this has confused a lot of people because according to Shanquilla's father's testimony, he has said he saw her busted lip, her bloodshot eyes, and bruises, so people are questioning why Nazir did not notice that as well. Nazir has also stated that he arrived at the villa at 3.26pm. This does not correspond with the autopsy or death certificate's time of death, which is 3pm for Shanquilla. I would also like to point out that there are differences between the autopsy and the police report that was done in Mexico. According to the police report, the doctor declared Shanquilla dead at 5.57 p.m. However, it was at 4.49 p.m. when the doctor detected Shanquilla did not have a pulse. These differences in timeline are really confusing because if someone is dead, then why would the doctor be there to treat her? Wouldn't the doctor be able to tell that she's dead? It's, it's confusing, right? I mean, I don't really have an answer for that, but the timeline does make things harder to understand. Because this is on Mexican ground, this changes how things would normally go during a case, uh, potentially a murder case. Once the autopsy, and especially when the video came out regarding Shanquilla and her beating, I think that really changed the tides on how government in the US and in Mexico saw 
this death. Thankfully, the Mexican government is taking a pretty good interest in Shanquilla's death. The attorney general for the Baja California Sur government has issued an arrest warrant for Shanquilla Robinson's death. They only put out one and they have not put out the name of who they want. However, the only person I can think of would be Dejanae Jackson. She was in a video physically assaulting Shanquilla, who has major injuries to her neck and spine. However, they have not said that, but who else would it be? The tricky part is, the other six left Cabo when Shanquilla had died. They left very quickly. Dejanae Jackson, last time we knew, was now in the US. She's not in Mexico anymore. And while the FBI in Charlotte actually has opened their own investigation into Shanquilla's death, they can't really prosecute any of the six anyway. It didn't happen on the US grounds. You see how this just got many times more complicated. In order for Mexico to get this person they put out an arrest warrant for, they will have to have the individual extradited from the United States. Being extradited means that you will be forced by your country over to the country where the crime was committed. In this case, US brings the person to Mexico, which Mexico is totally on board for. The Mexican authorities are filing charges for the death of Shanquilla as a femicide, which I've never heard this term before, but it's basically homicide. It's against a woman or girl. It's the killing of a woman or girl, in particular by a man and on account of her gender. That's the definition for femicide. For a US citizen to be extradited to Mexico, normally what they would do is go through a court process where the court goes over evidence amounting to why this person should be extradited to the other country for the crime that was committed. And unfortunately, that's kind of where my last update is. There hasn't been any movement for this extraditing for any individuals as of yet from the US. There is quite a lot of evidence and especially that video I think changed everything. So I hope that there will be more news soon and I am definitely willing to cover it as time goes on. Shanquilla's family did have a GoFundMe, however, they did reach their goal. You can search for it yourself if you'd like to contribute extra to the goal. Um, and the family, my heart goes out to them. They have done incredibly well considering everything that has happened. They speak out. They bring so much attention on their own to this case and just amazing individuals. I would be so willing to speak to them. However, um, my part is sharing this with as many people as I can. Please share this case or this podcast with those that you think would take interest. And please feel free to share your comments or ideas for this case or future cases that you would like me to cover. And just for fun, I'll share some of my favorite podcasts that I definitely have been inspired by to put my own voice on the internet, and that is Up and Vanished, The Vanished Podcast, Culpable, Hell and Gone, and To Live and Die in LA, just in case you're needing new podcasts to listen to while I'm gone. This was The Missed and Missing. I'm your host, Anonymous. Until I see you again, be safe out there.